Bokartov, we're continuing Sefer Yoshua from the second Pasuk in chapter Hey. I did that on purpose, by the way. One of the things I'm going to insist on doing is ignore the, the, the Perak breaks, the chapter breaks that were done in the 18th century or something by some Christian. Uh, they don't reflect how Jewish tradition sees the interpretation of the text. So we're going to ignore them completely. There's some very, very important ones that are, it's good to ignore. This is a good one to ignore. In the last pasuk of the previous thing, it says, when the nations of, of Canaan heard that God had dried out the waters of the Yarden, their hearts melted. And they did not have any more spirit before the children of Israel. And that's clearly a product of the previous chapter. It's clearly a byproduct of the crossing of the Jordan River. So why it's put into a new chapter? That's a uh, again. It's, it's I mean that's not such an egregious one. You'll see a bad one in the next chapter when when uh, you'll see. I'll, I'll, we'll get to it eventually, maybe tomorrow. So Ryan was asking yesterday. I think it was an important point to just stress a little. Ryan was asking yesterday. There are some connections between the Brit Milah and the Korban Pesach that we're seeing now and the crossing of the Jordan and it's Yat Mitzrayim. So what's the, what's the deeper connection? What's the significance behind it? So, uh, I mean, this is not the, the, the said by many Chachamim, many, uh, many people who were interpreting the Tanakh, but the one I read it from was Rabbi, Rabbi Michael Hatton in his book that was by, um, in his book by Magid Books, Magid Publishing, the series on Tanakh, which is a great series, by the way. He says that, he says that the idea is as follows. B'nai Israel leaving Egypt is only half the battle. Leaving Egypt doesn't mean anything for Am Israel. Because Am Israel is not just being, we're not, the goal isn't to just become free and wandering in the desert. The goal is to take, go into the desert, receive the Torah, and then keep the Torah in Israel where the Torah is meant to be kept. So what the, what the Tanakh is doing by putting the splitting of the sea plus the, the Koran Pesach plus the Brit Milah and then putting another one, it's showing that that cycle that we started when we went, when we left Egypt, we are now completing and we're kind of finishing the circle when we go into Eretz Israel. So you put these two bookmarks, one at the beginning, one at the end, to show that this is still part of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, meaning this is still part of the completion of the task of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, and to have one and not the other, you're really missing half of it, or the most important part, okay? So that's, and you also see it, by the way, if you want to explore that theme more, you see it more in the Chagim of, of, uh, of throughout the year. What is Pesach? Leaving Egypt. What is Shavuot? Getting the Torah. What is Sukkot? Sukkot, one of the things we're celebrating, what, what, are, what are we bringing fruits? We're bringing fruits of the land. So one of the, the dimensions of Sukkot is celebration of the produce of the land of Israel, which is celebrating coming into the land of Israel. Okay? That's one of the elements. Of course, you have the element of Kiba Sukkot Shavti at B'nai Israel. The idea there is to remember the Sukkot of the desert while you were in Israel. Okay? Um, back to our text. By the way, one more thing about the splitting of the Jordan River. A, a very interesting point. The miracle wasn't necessary, if you realize. When we went to Yamsuf, the Egyptians were chasing after us, and the, there, was no, there was no hope other than by splitting the sea. Otherwise, the Egyptians would have killed us, right? But when it comes to the Jordan River, there's nobody chasing us, and there are very many points in the Jordan River that a person could cross. In fact, in the Tanakh, in Yoshua, it's called the Ma'abirot. 
the Ma'abirot were the place where you could cross the Jordan River. So the fact that the, the miracle is being done is, is kind of unnecessary and the point is for, there are multiple reasons for it. The first is, as we're saying in this first pasuk of the, of the fifth chapter, that it was to scare the Canaanite nations. Because if they were not scared, then they would have gathered and, and started fighting Am Yisrael immediately. The second reason was for Am Yisrael to gain respect for Yoshua. Just like at the end, whenever the, split, the sea was split, it says, Vayaminu Badonai Moshe Abdo. Here it says that the nation believed in Yoshua as well. And then, um, the third, the third purpose of it is also to give Yoshua the strength. Because we said one of the things that's a theme of Yoshua is that he's not so sure about himself and he doesn't know and this and that. And people are, keep telling him Chazak ve'ematz. So the last reason we did the, the, the splitting of the Yarden is to also make Yoshua more confident as he's entering the land of Israel. And now, with all that introduction, Perak he pasuk bet, on that, at that time, God says to Yoshua, make for yourself flint stones and uh, go back and circumcise Bnei Israel a second time, or according to Radak, he means go and circumcise Bnei Israel repeatedly, meaning do a mass circumcision. So Yoshua made his sharp knives, and he circumcised Bnei Israel on the mound of Aralot. So, the, the Givat Aralot just means a mound of, of circumcised uh, thing. What's it called? Uh, uh, foreskin. The, or, no. the foreskin. It just means a mound of foreskin. So clearly the name was given after they did the thing, but it's called, it's called Givat Aralot already in the Pasuk. And this is the reason why Yehoshua did the circumcision. The reason he had to do it is because all of the people, the male people that left Egypt, all of the people of war, they all died in the desert when they left Egypt. Because the people who left Egypt were all circumcised, and that was because what? Why, did they, why were they circumcised? Because they had to bring the Korban Pesach. So because they had to bring the Korban Pesach, they all got circumcised. But anybody who was born in the desert when they were leaving Egypt, they did not get circumcised. Why did they not get circumcised? It was dangerous to do it in the desert. It was dangerous to do it in the desert because according to the Midrashim, they constantly had to... I mean, it's not only Midrash. It seems to be the Peshat that on very short notice they would have to travel. So let's say you have, you have your son who's in the, is, is crying of pain and you can't travel with him because it's a danger to his life, then Am Yisrael decides to start going, all of a sudden you have to wait three days, you, you'll be alone in the desert. Well, why didn't all of Am Yisrael just do circumcision and wait three days? It's a good question. Good. Then, uh, I would think that they would be vulnerable. Vulnerable to what? It's a good question. It's a good question. Why, why didn't Am Yisrael do circumcision in the desert? The elements. Stuff in the desert. Well, is that enough not to do a mitzvah? I mean, even the elements. Moshe's even the elements were, like were kind of. So they were, they were in the middle of nowhere and he didn't do it to his own sons. Yeah, I mean, his wife did it for him. If she hadn't done it, he would have gone punished. Did it for him alone. Hmm? Yeah. Everyone. Do you know what, honestly? You, you the, like, went and, like, honestly, do you know what could be the reason? It's, it's my own thing, but take it or leave it. When did Bnei Israel do the Chetam Meraglim? It was all right after they got the Torah, meaning it was all in that first year. 
really what was supposed to happen was Bnei Israel was supposed to go straight from Egypt, all circumcised, Korban Pesach, splitting of the sea, Matan Torah, straight into Israel. That was the tra- trajectory. In the first year, what did they do? They did Chetem Raglim. In which case, Borei Olam basically said, 40, generation, 40 years are going to die out. Now what is 40 years typically? 40 years is a period of, of development. 40 years is like what they say, a child in the womb is not considered alive until the 40th day passes, right? That's a halakhically, I think. Um, 40, 40 days represents a period of development. That's why also, if you look in Sefer Shofetim, the land was quiet for 40 years. Very typical phrase. The land was quiet for 40 years. 40 years is the amount of time it takes for things to, to turn over, right? So once the 40 years are imposed on Am Yisrael, then God, in a way, maybe didn't want them to do Brit Milah because He wants to start a new chapter with the generation that enters Eretz Yisrael. So it's like, it's almost like God was planning for there to be a mass circumcision upon entry into Eretz Yisrael for the second generation so that they can have a, a, a Korban Pesach-like slash mass circumcision-like experience that their parents had in the previous generation. Meaning if, when the 40 years of the desert, when they were destined, when they got pushed into staying in the desert for 40 years, if Borei Olam would have let them do gradual Brit Milah until everybody was circumcised, then they would have lost the opportunity to do it as, an, as a nation upon entering the land of Israel. And then this whole big uh, festival of circumcision, Korban Pesach, never, doesn't happen. But Borei Olam wants the nation, as it develops and gets ready to enter into the land of Israel, to become reestablished the same way the people got established when they left Egypt. So they had the opportunity to do a mass circumcision, Korban Pesach. They lost it. Next generation, we're going to try again that same thing as they enter Israel. Why, why didn't they do the Korban Pesach all the meanwhile while they're in the desert for the same reason? Meaning the... I, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, we'll read it here and then you could read some of the Perushim. Maybe look in Radak. Uh, you have Radak over there? Yeah. Look in Radak. We're going to read the Psukim. You'll see it says okay. I mean, first of all, they wouldn't have been allowed to do Korban Pesach if they were not circumcised. That's what I'm saying. So the real question is why didn't they get circumcised? It's essentially the same question. That's what I'm asking. Meaning like, if you're going to, you have to do Korban Pesach with your family. Now, if three of your sons are not circumcised, you're not doing Korban Pesach for yourself. Which is weird. For 40 years, B'nai Israel were traveling in the desert until all of the people, the nation that were, went out to battle, that were of battle age, died, the ones who left Egypt, because they did not listen to the voice of God. God promised or swore to them that He would not let them see the land. That God had promised their forefathers to give to us. It's a long pasuk, but the idea is all that generation died, God swore to them that He would not let them enter the land, the land that He is now giving us, and therefore we have to wait for 40 years until they all died. And their descendants, their sons, He raised in their stead. He's like He's replacing that first generation with the second generation. That was a generation that Yehoshua did circumcision on. Because they were all uncircumcised, because they did not circumcise them on the way. And when all of the nation finished getting their circumcision, they remained in their place in the camp until they all healed. So honestly, by the way, it doesn't even say, does it even say that 
that they did not do Korban Pesach. Maybe it's just assumed because we know that they were not circumcised. Right. So we're just assuming that they did not do Korban Pesach. Right. I have a question. Sometimes yeah. in the Pesukim over here, it calls B'nai Israel as the Am. Sometimes it calls them the Hagoy. What's the differentiation? Good question. I don't know. That would be... Um, Hmm. Good question. I don't know the difference between Am and Goy. Excellent question. It's the kind of thing you should you should you know how you 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 um you figure that out. If you look in like a concordance or look on Safari. Or look up Am and find like twenty psukim where Am is used. Mm. And look up Goy and use like yeah, twenty like, psukim. Am illuminate our den be aswan lachodesh arishon and then like in multiple places there's a Goy. So Am think about Am. Is Am ever used? I, I don't know the answer. I don't want to say anything. Okay? Uh, you want to do a little bit more Pesukim? Pesuk Tet. God said to Yoshua, This day I uncovered the shame of Egypt from upon you. And he called the name of the place Gilgal until this day. So what does Gilgal mean? Gilgal means to uncover. To, to Gilgal is like to turn over, to uncover something. So, so far we know Shittim. Shittim was the place that we started. That was on the eastern side of the Jordan River. And then we know Gilgal, which is very close to Yericho, which is a place where we all got circumcised. Also notice the amount of emunah required to do circumcision in Eretz Yisrael proper. Because last time we saw a mass circumcision was in Shechem, and the whole people were weakened and then the sons of Yaakov ended up killing all of them. Mm. So we know getting, doing a mass circumcision makes you obviously weakened and it says, the Pasuk says, until they all got better. So all of Am Yisrael was making themselves weak at the same time. It's a huge zechut for Am Yisrael because it means that they had the emunah. They, they made themselves vulnerable. They made themselves vulnerable having faith in God that, that yes. nobody would attack them. Okay? And the Jews dwelled in Gilgal and they did the Korban Pesach on the 14th day, meaning in the 15th, meaning at night, uh, in, the, in the afternoon, at night, in the plains of Yericho. And they ate from the produce of the land the day after Pesach, Matzot Vekalui. Matzot and uh, Kalui is uh, had it, um, roasted. Nice. On this very day. What's the significance of having the, the produce of the land the day after Pesach? What's the significance there? That's when uh, Chadash ended. Right, no? so the idea was they were keeping the law of the Torah of Chadash. Oh, that they could not eat the produce of the land until after, until after they brought the Korban Omer. Of the korban of the day after the on the sixteenth day, so they had to wait for the day after Pesach in order to eat from the produce of the land. Wow. Now, once they inaugurate the ability to eat from the produce of the land on the day after Pesach, what then stops? Then the man stopped falling down on the day after Pesach when they were eating from the produce of the land. And the Jews no longer had man. And they ate from the produce of the land of Canaan on that year. So, what you're seeing here, very, very important development, is that Am Yisrael is transitioning from a lifestyle of the man lifestyle to a lifestyle of eating from the tivuah of the land. Now, eating from the tivuah of the land is going to come with its own challenges. 
because you have the potential. It, with man, what was it, the best thing about the man? Is that, is that nobody could get rich off of it. Nobody could become wealthy with man because you can't take more than your daily portion. So what was happening with the man, everybody was equal and everybody, there was no excess because you had a specific portion, you could take double for Shabbat and that's it. Now once we get into the land of Israel, we're going to start living normal lives and with normal life come the challenge of excess. And that's going to be one of the main challenges we have in the land of Israel is when we have a lot of money, then we'll start to think So the transition from the man in a, in a sense is a good thing because now Am Yisrael is starting to live a normal life where they're really going to be tested to see if they can take the values of the Torah and, and actually live by them in a normal setting. But on the flip side, now we're going to start seeing challenges of excess and of wealth, which will always get to the people's head. And you will see, you see in the rest of the Navi, it clearly constantly gets to the people's head. But that's going to be one of the challenges. I have a question. Yeah. Why is it you use the language of Why not just say it does that in the Chumash also but right, It does that in, in Parashat Bo also right. Maybe because The honest, I think on a Peshat level I mean the Midrashim, the Midrashim Halakha Address all of that or, or, and whatever but, but I think on a Peshat level It's because the Korban Pesach is, is offered on the 14th day And then eaten later that night When it turns to the 15th So the real beginning of the Korban Pesach Is the 14th day I think a Peshat level, I think that's, that's how you would interpret it um, but, but you can look into the Gemara to see what the Gemara do with all those Sukim and how they interpret it. And then who did the mass circumcision? Or did they have like a Mohel themselves? Or like each and every person did it themselves? So the Midrash says that Yehoshua was involved, but it's impossible that Yehoshua did all of them. Right. So uh, they must have had a bunch of Mohalim that were going around and doing it. We're talking all of Am Israel. It's like, what, 600,000 men? Yeah, it's a lot of people. It's a huge circumcision. Okay. Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.